Hello, and welcome to AOL Church, a place to connect. This is where we gather together common people and equip them to live connected lives. AOL Church exists to connect with God, connect with people, and ultimately connect people with God. Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. Now, let's listen in on this week's sermon. Hallelujah. God's going to do something great in this service. I can feel it. Why? Hallelujah. Because I can feel something resisting. I can feel something resisting. And when that happens, it's a good sign. Hallelujah. Because when that happens, there's something that's fighting against it. And, and uh, God's got a word for us today. Your standing will go directly to the word of the Lord this morning. Exodus chapter 14. We're going to start our reading with verse 21 through verse 22. They are going to show it on the screen behind me. After that, we're just going to go over one chapter. And we're going to be reading out of Exodus 15. And we'll read a few verses from there. Praise God. But first, Exodus 14, verse 21 and verse 22. Hallelujah. Praise God. And before we do our reading. Can we just do this very carefully, not carefully, but can we do this uh, and consider today that there are people that are in the south, mainly in Louisiana, in the district of Louisiana, in some parts of Texas, they do not have electricity, they do not have water, churches have been uh, destroyed to the point to where they might as well just bulldoze them over and just... uh, Uh, start all over and uh, reconstruct it. Can we, before we read the word of the Lord, can we lift up our voice as the church, as a body of believers and pray today for those that are in that situation, for those that are in need, for those that are going through it, because I'm telling you, our prayers will make a difference. Would you lift your voice up? Let's pray for those right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, we pray for all these, Lord, that have been affected by this hurricane. Lord God, today that are without electricity, without water, Lord God, that, Lord, their homes have been destroyed, churches have been destroyed. We pray, Lord God, that the hand of you would be upon them right now, God. That, Lord God, the mercy and the grace, Lord, of you, Lord Jesus, would be extended to them in this time of need, Lord God. Look after them, Lord God. Bless them today, God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, where there's places, Lord, they cannot gather and worship today, God. But, Lord God, hallelujah, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you watch over them, that you protect them, Lord God, and that there will be a speedy recovery, Lord, in Jesus' powerful name. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for doing that. Genesis, the 14th chapter, verse 21. We'll read verse 21 and verse 22. says this, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. How many can say in this house today that the Lord has given you a strong wind? And you were able to go through impossible situations on dry ground. Hallelujah. 
He made a way where there was no way. Hallelujah. What a great God that we serve. Verse 22 says, And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on their left. Now, if you will, in Exodus chapter 15, starting with verse 22, it's just one chapter over. It says this, Exodus 15, verse 22, says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. Verse 24. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. And he said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. I want to preach on this subject this morning after the victory. After the victory. Hallelujah. God's going to do something great in this place. I know you're standing. But our God deserves a standing ovation. Our God, hallelujah, it doesn't matter if you don't, it doesn't matter if you're an introvert, if you don't feel like clapping, lift your voice, hallelujah, give God some kind of praise. He is worthy, worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We will not do this enough today. Hallelujah, because God is such a powerful God. And if you need something from him today, I would just say go ahead and praise him in advance right now. I'd say go ahead and give him glory right now. Hallelujah. For God can do anything for anybody at any time, any place. And I feel the presence of the Lord in this place and you may be seated again thank you for being here today hallelujah praise God it is such a blessing to have you in the, in the house of the Lord here at AOL today the days and moments that led up to the Red Sea or the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea was nothing more than a staging ground for God to demonstrate his power, okay? It was nothing more than a setup. It was nothing more than a staging ground for God to demonstrate his power. 
The Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart to come after the children of Israel even after he had given them permission to depart Egypt. What is interesting is when you read this at the same time the Lord instructed Moses to have the children of Israel to camp so it would appear that the Egyptians or the or appear to the Egyptian army that the Israelites were trapped. Pharaoh gave his permission. You can go. You can go out and worship your God. But then after he let them go, he felt that he made a mistake. But at the same time that the enemy gave permission for the children of Israel to go, God instructed Moses so that they would to camp at this particular place so that it would appear to the Egyptian army that the Israelites were trapped. He literally told them where to camp, where it would look like they were hemmed in. He told them, this is the place. Do not go any further. Do not go to the right, to the left, to the little back. He said, this is the exact place where I want you to camp. Because it's going to look to the enemy like you're hemmed in. It's going to look to the enemy like you're trapped. And then God led the elite Egyptian army into an ambush. He allowed his people to camp in such a way to convince the Egyptians to go after them. And somehow the children of Israel were vulnerable. He said, I'm going to set your enemy up. And I'm going to make you look like. And I'm going to convince the enemy, the Egyptians, to come after you. And somehow I'm going to make the children of Israel look vulnerable. And God knows what he's doing. Can I preach to somebody? I said, God knows what he's doing. In fact, right now, it would not surprise me that the Lord has allowed the enemy to think that the church is trapped. It is no surprise, hallelujah, today that you would understand that the enemy thinks that the church is trapped, that the church is hemmed in, that we are in trouble because of some virus that has broken out. But all the while, God is setting the stage for the greatest revival the world has ever seen. God has taken us to this place. God has put us right where he wants us. God has allowed the enemy to think that we are entrapped. But God is turning the tables on the enemy. And God is getting ready to set the stage for the greatest revival the word has ever seen. Somebody should praise God right there, right here, just on that. And I'll give God the understanding. I believe it. I'm going to be a part of it I'm gonna see it if I had if I were you and I had lost loved ones I'd be praising God right now if I were you and I knew backsliders I'd be praising God right now he is setting us up for the greatest revival that we've ever seen 
Quit complaining about what's happening. Quit complaining about what's taking place. Quit complaining. God is setting us up for the greatest revival, the greatest miracles, the greatest hallelujah thing that we've ever seen. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. And I promise you today, if you need a miracle from God, you can get it right here. If you need a deliverance from God, you can get it right here. You need something in your life, you can get it right here. God purposely, I want you to understand that today. God purposely led them into a trap to draw out their enemies. When your enemy thinks you are trapped, that you are helpless, that you are down and cannot get up, they become brave and expose themselves to come in for the kill. The thing that we're going through has nothing to do about you. The thing that we're going through has nothing to do even about the church. But the thing that we're going through is God's allowing the enemy to be exposed and expose themselves to come in for the kill. God purposely led them into a trap to bring an end to their enemies. Oh my gosh. It was a setup for a takedown. God said, hallelujah, I'm tired of what the enemy has been doing to you in your life. And I'm going to set them up. And this is going to be a setup for a takedown. I wish somebody that had was going through something. I wish somebody that had faith today would rise up and give God praise. Hallelujah. It is a setup for a takedown. God has purposely led them into this trap. God has purposely put us where we are right now to bring an end to our enemies. This enemy that has been oppressing you. This enemy that has abused you. This enemy that has persecuted you. This enemy that has made your life miserable. This enemy that has cheated you. And has stolen from you. This enemy that has made slaves out of you. And your children. And tried to destroy your destiny. But God said. I'm leading them. Into a trap. Because today. Is the day. It all is going to end. Today. Is the day. Where we're going to take care of the enemies that are come after the children of God. I came to tell you this morning, when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. God's getting ready to show up. And when God gets ready to show up, then God shows out. And oh yes, there was a trap. But what we miss a lot of times is that this one little thing, the trap wasn't for the children of Israel. It was for the Egyptians. Yeah. 
the trap is not for you. Oh my gosh. You need to allow the enemy to understand that it needs to come from your lips today. The trap is not for you. Try it again. The trap is not for your family. The trap is not for your finances. The trap is not about your job. The trap is not for you. The trap is for your enemies. God let your enemies think you were trapped. God let your enemies see you cry. God let your enemies see your struggle. God let your enemies see your pain so they would get into the trap. And if you don't have your ear tuned to the spirit, all you can see is the Red Sea. All you can see is the impossible situation. But if you can see God, you can see that God is the orchestrator of all events. And he may make the enemy think that the enemy is going to win. But when it is all said and done, God is going to have the victory. Oh. Try it again. God is going to have the victory. God's going to show his mighty arm of power. I'm going to wait on somebody else. God's going to show his mighty arm of power. God's going to reveal that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. All we've got to do is do what the children of Israel did, and that is to go forward through the promises of God. This is no time to back up. This is no time to give up. This is no time to give out. Hallelujah. we got to do what the children of Israel did and go forward and walk through the promises of God. The Lord accomplished many important victories with the Red Sea opening. First, it is a lesson to the children of Israel that God can do the impossible. The first lesson for the children of Israel when God did the victories of the Red Sea and he opened it up was to allow the children of Israel to know that God can do the impossible. I think God looks for spaces. I think God looks for places where he can show that he is the God of, of the impossibilities. Sometimes when you get into a place where all of your options are gone, it doesn't mean that God is gone. Mm -hmm. It means that God wants you to look to him so that he can prove to you once again that he is the God of impossibilities. Oh my gosh. And I've come to tell you today, God's going to prove to somebody else once again in your life that he is the God of impossibilities. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how dark it is. I don't care how deep it is. I don't care what's happened. God is the God of impossibilities. I wish I had a church that believed that today. God is a God of impossibilities. 
I'll try this. He can do anything. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're at. He can do anything. Let me try this. For the first time in history of the Red Sea, there was a footprint in the bottom of it. What does that mean, Pastor? That means Moses starts stepping down into the Red Sea. And the whole congregation starts saying, this has never been done before. One man, hallelujah, making one footprint where no footprint has ever been. And the whole congregation is saying, this has never been done before. Can I tell ALL today that God's about to open up, hallelujah, a new dimension where we're about to step and make a footprint and it's never been done before. And there's going to be a lot of people saying, this has never been done before. But God is a God of impossibilities. To put the first print where it has never been before. To travel, to go into a dimension that has never been in before. I will make you the head. And not the tail. Somebody should tell the enemy, you're a liar. I'm not highly. I am the head and not the tail. You'll be the first. Not the last. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a word for somebody right now. You'll be the first and not the last. And a million and a half people went down. Where nobody has ever went before. Walk through things nobody ever walked through before. Going into new dimensions where nobody has ever been before. And God is telling them in simple instructions, just keep going forward. It may look impossible. Just keep going forward. And they came through it. And they walked through it. In a dimension. Where there's never been a footprint. In a dimension. Where there's never been a person. In a dimension. For the first time. It's not just one. It's not just a small group. But it's a million and a half people. Walking in a dimension. That God has just opened. Can I tell this church today. What God is getting ready to open. It's not for this small church. Of ALL. It is hallelujah. A dimension large enough. For a million and a half. Plus 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 plus. That God is getting ready to open a great demand. And I don't know about you, but I want to be one of the first footprints that sits, hallelujah, my footprint on the on the, on the ground of this new dimension. See, when God makes a way, it's for you. I want to get that by you today. When God makes a way, it's for you. And when your enemy gets too close, God will shut the door. You need to understand that today. 
when God opens up a door, it's for you. But when the enemy gets too close, he's just the door. Quit worrying about what's pursuing you. Quit worrying about how live the enemy. God said, I'll open up the door, and when he gets too close, I'll shut the door. All you got to worry about is keep going forward. Keep going in the dimension. Keep walking on what God's opening. The next thing we see that God accomplished, his purpose of giving the children of Israel closure to the Egyptian drama. The next thing God established after establishing with the children of Israel, God can do the impossible. The next thing he established is his purpose of giving the children of Israel closure to the Egyptian dilemma. Now this dilemma is a dilemma that they faced while their will to fight had been taken away from them after 400 years of slavery. The enemy of their soul wants to convince you that you could never live above sin. Mm, I'm going to try it again. The enemy of your soul wants to convince you that you can never live above sin. Don't even fight it. The habits you have and the habits that you always are going to have or be stuck with, hallelujah, don't let the church tell you that you can be delivered from it. Mm-hmm. Don't let the church try to convince you there's a God that you can serve and you can live a sinless life. Don't let the church try to convince you. Oh, yeah, that's where I thought we'd be. That's the message. That's the narrative of the enemy of your soul. But you need to tell the devil, I'm a believer in God. You need to tell the enemy, I'm a believer in God, a God that can do all things. I thought I'd get more on that. Hallelujah. You've got to get some fight back. You've got to get some fight back in your relationship. You've got to get some fight back in your spirit. Oh. That didn't go over too well either. Hallelujah. You've got to say, hey, I've been a slave to sin, but I'm not anymore. Hey, I've been in those habits, but I'm not in those habits anymore. I've been bought by the blood of Jesus. I've been sanctified by his spirit. I've been buried in the watery grave, and I know that my God is a deliverer. I know my God can bring you out. I wish somebody would join Margie, hallelujah. I wish somebody, hallelujah, would get their spirit stirred up. I know he's a deliverer. He brought me out. He brought me out. He brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I know God can do it. I know God can reestablish it. I know God can rebuild it. For all those that are watching online today, you got a God that can deliver you. 
You got a God that can bring you out. You got a God that can reestablish. You got a God that can rebuild. Everybody in Louisiana, God can give you a brand new building. God can reestablish your life. So Moses took the children of Israel down to the shore of the sea. Now I know we're, we're practicing social distancing at some, the best we can. <laughs> and I'm not going to let you touch nobody because hallelujah, some people don't like to be touched and we're going to practice social distancing as much as we can. Okay. But he brought them down to the sea, down to the shore of the sea, of the Red Sea. And he had them look at the dead bodies of the Egyptian soldiers that were floating up onto the shore. And he went over there, Moses went over there and said, I want you to look at their faces. I want you to take a good look at their faces. And he said, this day forward, you will see their face no more. God is telling somebody in this service today, there are things that God has put an end to in your life. There are things that God has destroyed the enemy. They're floating up on the shore. And he's saying, come look at this. Look them right in their face. Because today, hallelujah, from this day forward, you will see them no more. He said, he was saying for 400 years, you've been tormented. You've been tormented by faces. But from this day forward, don't get it twisted. We've got more battles to fight. Don't get it, don't, don't get it all messed up and say, oh, pastor said that today's the end of the day. We're not going, I didn't say that. I said, the Lord's telling them for 400 years, you've been tormented by these faces. But from this day forward, even though you've got more battles to fight, but this one is over. Somebody should shout right on that right there. This one is over. I might have more battles to fight, but this one is done. Somebody needs to claim that right now. Somebody needs to declare that right now. Somebody needs to get in the face of the enemy and say, but this one is done. It's over. Can I tell you today that God wants to give you closure? My shatata boy, I just, the Holy Ghost just hit me right there with somebody. Hallelujah. God wants to give somebody closure today. God wants to give you closure to some things that have been haunting you your entire life. Oh, shata my yata. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right there. Hallelujah. God wants to give somebody closure. 
to some things that have been haunting you your entire life. He's looking for a way to show you that you don't have to live any longer in that bondage. There may be other things you're going to face in the future. But that thing, whatever it is, is over. It doesn't matter what you've been through in your past. Oh, my gosh. I said it doesn't matter what you've been through in your past. I got a God that says I can deliver. I'll try it again. I got a God that says I can make a way where there is no way. You've been under the curse all your life, but those days are over. And Jesus can make things brand new. But pastor, you don't understand. My daddy's an alcoholic, but you're not going to be. That day's over. You don't understand. I came out of an abusive lifestyle. Yeah, hallelujah, but that day's over. But you don't understand the pressure that's been on. But those days are over. That battle's over. (laughs) Jesus can make it all brand new. I want to stop for a moment. And even those that are online right now, if you're going through something, you struggle with something for a long time, there's been something that you couldn't get rid of all of your life. I'd stand and lift my hands in this atmosphere. I'd stand in my living room right now and lift my hands and say, God said those days are over. God said I can be brand new. God Drug addiction, gone. Abusive lifestyle, gone. I've always been talked about. My family always said I would be nothing. I would be abused, not only physically, but also verbally. Can I tell you, those days are over. Hallelujah. God wants to make it brand new. And you're worthy. I said you're worthy. God has brought you, hallelujah, to the kingdom for such a time as this. And all everything that the enemy brings up in the past, he is a liar and a father of all lies. Why do you think he's fighting you with that? Why does he think you are bringing it up now? Hallelujah. He wants to drag you back into the bondage. He wants to drag you back, hallelujah, into slavery. But those days are over. (laughs) Now, we can't touch nobody. You sure could elbow somebody. Bam, all right? And tell them, you need to get this right here. You need to get this right here. And finally, God's purpose of getting, hallelujah, not only getting them to understand, he's a God of impossibilities. 
not only to get them to understand, hallelujah, that everything that was pursuing them, everything that was after them, everything that they dealt with to this point is over. That day's over. He comes to this final place where his purpose of getting a praise from the camp of Israel. It was going to be crucial for the children of Israel if they were going to survive the wilderness. They had to learn how to praise God. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. It had been a long time. Hello? It had been a long time. 400 years of slavery. Been through a lot. But they had to get their praise back. Not only did they have to get their fight back, they had to get their praise back. Okay? 400 years of slavery. Been tormented. Been through a lot. This journey has wore them out. But they had to get their praise back. And guess what? They did. After they came through the Red Sea, Miriam, who is Moses' sister, the Bible even calls her a prophetess. The Bible says she got a tambourine. Mm. And let me just stop here and just say this. Why in the world she get a tambourine? They running from the enemy. They just came through the Red Sea. Their enemies got swords, shields, and chariots. But Miriam had a tambourine. Can I tell you, praisers are always prepared to praise. I don't need a sword. I don't need a shield. My weapon is my praise. Come against me with everything you got, devil, and I'm going to come against you with a praise. Wait a minute. I left my cell phone at home. Wait a minute. I forgot to bring this. Wait a minute. I forgot. Where's my car keys? I don't know. Wait a minute. I don't know where this is. But one thing I do know. I got my tambourine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got my praise. I don't care what everything else. I may lose everything else. But I ain't going to lose my praise. Some of you are trying to fight things with swords. Some of you are trying to fight things with shields. Some of you are trying to fight things with, with physical warfare. But you need to break out your tambourine and get your praise back. Hallelujah. And she got all the sisters. She got all the sisters. I don't know why it always takes the, the brothers so long to get on board. She got all the sisters. Let me tell you something. You ask the man to pray for you, this is what you're going to get. Lord, bless them. Help them through it. Lord God, we're praying for them. Help them, Lord. You get a sister. You better not think that is going to be the prayer. <clears throat> You're going to be there for a while, okay? She got all the sisters. 
singing and worshiping. I mean, they had a victory party. In other words, God is saying, just stand over there and watch me work. And while you're praising me, I'll take care of business. Has anybody got enough faith to just stand still and praise God while he works? Oh, my gosh. Can I tell you today, the more you praise him, the bigger he gets. The more you praise him, the harder he works. The more you praise him, the more power is released. The more you praise him, I'll stop if you're, if you're done. The more you praise him, hallelujah, the more confused the enemy gets. The more you praise him, the more faith, hallelujah, will rise up in you. The more you praise him, the more joy will rise up in your spirit. <laughs> Some of you look so sad when you're in church because you had lost your praise. If you get your praise back, you get your joy back. Oh my gosh. If you get your praise back, you get your faith back. Oh. I dare somebody right now to give God some praise and say, I didn't feel nothing. I dare somebody to lift up your voice and say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And say, hallelujah. He didn't respond. The more you praise him, the more you'll feel him. When you read some of this chapter 15, we didn't read it all. I'll just give you a little highlight. But when you read this chapter 15, they start singing things like, if you read it from the beginning, they start singing things like, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, has dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sendest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. Come on, sometimes... You've got to get your own song. Sometimes. You've got to get your, I don't care if you can't sing. I don't care if you can't carry a tune. I don't care if you don't even know the words. You make up your own words. You have sometimes, you've got to get your own song. He's become my song. He's become my strength. There are times you've got to get your own song. And it doesn't matter if you don't like it. doesn't matter if you don't like it. doesn't matter if you don't think I sound good. you got to get your own song. And you got to say, the Lord has been too good to me. The Lord has been too good to me. 
not to give him praise. The Lord has been too good to me. He's blessed me. He's kept me. He's done too much for me to lose out now. My God is a good God. I'll try it again. My God is a good God. Still didn't get what I expect. My God is a good God. And then they continue. And they say, with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. And the flood stood upright as a heap. And the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. Then the enemy said, enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as they led in the mighty waters. Sometimes when the enemy's talking all that garbage, sometimes when the enemy's boasting what he's going to do, sometimes you've got to remind the devil he's already been defeated. Sometimes you got to remind him he's, not, he's got no control over your life. He's not somebody that can steal your joy. Mm-mm. That he's not an entity that can steal your family. You've got to make up your own mind. My God has delivered me. You got to make up your own mind and you got to sing about it. My God is a great God. My God is a delivering God. My God is going to get me out of this. Oh. Ready? Because they just kept on singing. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, and Doing wonders. Can I tell you today? Before the sound of praise was barely out of their mouth. Somebody said. I need a drink. The praise. Sound of praise. Just barely got off their lips. And they're saying. I need a drink. After everything we've been through, my throat is parched. After everything and the ordeal that we just had to go through, my throat. Hey, Moses, where can I get some good water? I need some fresh water. I can't drink the Red Sea. So they went out, the Bible says, in the wilderness of Shur. Okay? If it's called Shur, then it must be. There's got to be some water for sure. (laughs) They went in the wilderness of sure. After three days, no water. Then they came to Myra. And they finally thought, we got water. But the water in Myra was bitter. They couldn't drink it. They cried to Moses. Then Moses cried to the Lord. 
And God said, throw the tree in the water. And they did. And the water was made sweet. And God said, okay, this is the purpose. And here is what he said in verse 26 of Exodus 15. And I said, if thou wilt diligently. Okay, here we go. Now we've got some conditions. He said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. Number one. And will do that which is right in his sight. Number two. And will give ear to his commandments. Number three. And will keep his statutes. Number four. Then he said, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth. The children of Israel had seen all these plagues of Egypt. They had been reminded that God was a God of great power, great authority, and judgment. And he wanted them to know that he was a God that could also keep them from diseases. Hello, hear me. He's not just a God of plagues. He's a God that can keep you from the plagues. See, we got too many people concerned over the plague. We got too many people concerned over COVID. But they need to understand, he's not just a God of the plagues. He's a God that can keep you from the plagues. We've got too many people concerned about COVID more than they're concerned about salvation. So here's the cycle you have to follow. Because not only was he teaching the children of Israel this principle, but I believe by example he's teaching you and I in 2020. First comes the plagues. Then comes the power of God. The power of God is the Red Sea opening up. First comes the plagues, then comes the power of God. He opens the Red Sea up, then comes the praise. Then comes the principles. Then comes the promise. So you've got this cycle, plagues, power, praise, principle, promise. Plagues, power, praise, principle, promise. And if you don't keep the promise... You got to go back to the plague. Mm. Mm. And there were times that the children of Israel had to go back to the plague because they lost sight of the promise. Oh my gosh. You and I cannot lose sight of the promise. He's a God that healeth thee. Oh. He's a God that can make a way out of no way. You can't lose sight of the promise. 
Why? One day, one day very soon, God is coming back for the church and we're going to be caught away with him to be with him in the air. Don't lose sight of the promise. <laughs> I haven't got to where I really want to get to yet. So God was giving the children of Israel, by the way of example, a revelation on how to break the cycle. He orchestrated the plagues. Somebody say yes, uh-huh, amen, give me something, all right? God, he orchestrated the plagues. He orchestrated the power. The praise was up to the children of Israel. <laughs> The praise was up to the children of Israel. And the only thing they got wrong about the praise part, they had the song right. But they sang it on the wrong side. Mm -hmm. Praise should be on the front side of the Red Sea. Not on the back side of the Red Sea. When you got a problem, praise your way through it. That's what I thought I'd get. Don't wait and say, well, God, if you do something great, if you do something miraculous, if you do a great work, then I'll give you some praise. No, you go ahead and begin to praise God before you see any evidence. Oh, my gosh. You got to go ahead and say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to go ahead and praise you anyway. God, I don't know how I'm going to get through it, but I'm going to praise you anyway. God, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I do know one thing. I'm going to praise you before it ever happens. I'm going to go ahead and praise you. I'm going to go ahead and praise you. And you're going to heal my body. I'm going to go ahead and praise you. And you're going to save my husband. My wife. My children. My marriage. You've got to go ahead and praise him in advance. You can't wait for him to do it. Mm. So let's get the order right. Plagues. Praise, power, plagues, praise, power. Then after the power comes, the principle and the promise comes. Then the statue and the ordinance comes. Oh. What happens after the power of God? This is my message. This is what I want to get to. Had to go through all that just to get to here. What happens after the power of God. What happens after the win? What happens after the victory? What happens after God has done an incredible work? God shows his mighty hand of power. He heals your child. He delivers you from the addictions, from the flesh. What happens then? Can I tell you many times the water is bitter. The battle that follows the blessing is real and can oftentimes bring you to a place of crisis. So let's see what the word says about you and I 
and how we can get a revelation. Anybody want a revelation today? Of dealing with what happens after the victory. In both cases, oh my gosh, this is so good that I could preach a whole message on this little statement right here. In both cases, the water's the issue. In both cases, the water is the issue. One was the Red Sea. The other is the bitter water of Myra. Before the Red Sea crossing, the problem that they, that they had, they could not see their way out. They couldn't, the, the, water, the, the Red Sea, hallelujah, was a problem that they could look on. They could visibly see it. They understood it was an obstacle. But the other one, they couldn't see their way out. Of the Red Sea crossing, it was a large, immovable, uncrossable body of water. It was a very visible obstruction. It was a very visible obstacle. But the bitter waters of Myra was a problem that was not visible on the surface. It was an internal problem. While the Red Sea was a big visible issue, the bitter waters of Myra was an internal invisible problem. Oh, some people understand where I'm going and you're like, man, put the brakes on, Pastor. Don't go there. I'm going. God was telling the children of Israel and he's telling us today, I can take care of the big stuff. I can take care of the impossibilities. I can do what you cannot do for yourself. No problem. But you have to take care of the internal issues. It's one thing for the water of the Red Sea to recoil and draw back. It's another thing for the waters of Myra to be cleansed. And only you, I want you to get that today, only you can take care of the matters of the heart. Only you can decide if you're going to hold a bitter spirit. So I ask you today, are you going to keep a bitter spirit? Or after you've gone through the waters and after you've been through the fiery trials and those bitter losses and those bitter disappointments, are you going to put the cross of Calvary in those waters and let the waters become testimonies? Are you going to put the cross of Calvary in those waters and let the wounds become testimonies in your life? Are you going to put the cross of Calvary in those waters and let the pain become a praise? Because the children of Israel didn't have to do anything for the Red Sea to open. They had to do nothing for the Red Sea to open. God did that all by himself, and all they had to do was go forward. And you and I 
didn't have to do anything about Calvary. God's already given us that victory. We don't have to do anything for Calvary. It's already been done. Those waters have already opened up. But now it's up to you and I if we're going to have to do, we're going to have to do something if we're going to make it in this life. If you're going to be able to sustain our salvation, we have to protect and guard our spirit and protect and guard our heart. Pastor, I like to shout and stuff. Well, we're done. <clears throat> I've got good news for you, though. The same God that brought us salvation is the same God that can keep us. Is the same God that can sustain us. After the victory comes the will. Okay? After the victory comes the will. What do you mean? The human will. After the crossing comes the choice. The human choice. Who are you going to serve? Can you walk with me in the wilderness? They are in the wilderness of sure. God put them in the wilderness of sure. While we are unsure, God is sure. And the same God that brought us through the Red Sea, he's the same God that can turn bitter waters into sweet waters. And I don't know what you may be going through, but I came to tell you the same God that delivered you from sin is the same God that delivers you from addictions of your flesh. Is the same God that said, I can take the bitter moments. Is the same God that can take the bitter losses. Is the same God that can take the bitter disappointments and make them sweet. I know I've lost some of you. I'm going to bring you back. We're going to come out of this thing with a promise. What's the promise, Pastor? For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Some of you need to get a hold of some promises in God's word. And you need to say, they are for me. Even though I've tasted the bitter waters, they are for me. Though I've even gone through some disappointing times, I still believe that God is going to keep me. Even though I've been through some bitter moments, I believe that God is going to keep me. I wasn't expecting the report from the doctor. I wasn't respecting the report on my job. I wasn't expecting COVID-19. But guess what? He's still God. Guess what? He's still on the throne. He's... 
He's still the mighty one. And after the victory, he's still God. <laughs> Here it is. And then the Bible says in the very last verse of Exodus chapter 15, if you read it, it's verse 27. It says this, and they came to Elam, where were 12 wells of water, three score and 10 palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. What does that mean, Pastor? That means they had to pick up their tents, pick up their stakes, and they had to go camp where there were waters. I don't know about you, but I choose to move my camp to the palm trees of praise. I don't know about you, but I choose to camp by the wells of promise. You've got to get a new perspective. You've got to get a new attitude. I just got to realize I've got to camp where the blessing of God is. I'm going to try it again. You've got to make up your mind right here today. Hallelujah. I'm going to camp where the blessing of God is. You've been sad long enough. You've been bitter long enough. You've gone through whatever you've been going through long enough. There's a God that's saying, come on. Hallelujah. I've got wells in Elam. Somebody has to make up their mind. I'm not going to die in these bitter waters. I'm changing my residence. I'm not going to die in this place of bitterness. I'm changing my, my, I'm changing my camp. I'm not going to die here. With eternal issues that God's dealing with me. I've got to get a new perspective. I've got to change camps. Because this water is killing me. This water is slowly depleting me of my spirit, of my salvation, of my character. When David fought Goliath, okay, it was a huge visible victory. I'm going to try to help somebody, okay? It was a huge, visible victory. But then he had to fight the bitter jealousy of King Saul. And he had to fight that behind closed doors. Mm. Everybody saw the great visible victory of Goliath, the Philistine, being destroyed. Everybody saw that. And they began to sing their song. Saul has killed his thousands, but David, his ten thousands. Everybody saw that great, huge, visible victory. But King Saul was David's bitter waters. After the victory, after the supernatural miracle of God, then he had to deal with the bitter waters of Saul behind closed doors. David found out that that giant that now he's dealing with is even bigger than Goliath. It's not the big battles that take you out. You don't hear anything else I say today, hear that. It's not the big battles that take you out. 
is the small battles. Battles of loss. Battles of fear. Battles of hurt nobody ever sees. God is saying, put Calvary in the middle of it and I'll make them sweet waters. And I'll close with this. When you move from power to promise, and that's where God has us now. God's moving us from power to promise. We've seen God's power. We've seen the mighty hand of God in our life. We've seen how God has brought us victory. Hallelujah. But he's bringing us from power to promise. And when you are moving from power to promise, you've got to have a proclamation in your mouth. You've got to have a determination in your soul. Because power, you can live in the moment. But promise requires faith in the word. Faith in the relationship you have with God. You have to determine in your mind, not in pastor's mind, not in the person that's sitting next to you, back of you, in front of you, but you've got to determine in your mind, after the victory, I've got a promise, and after the victory, I got a praise. I got a promise, he is the one that healeth me. I got a praise, he's already conquered the enemy. We have had some great victories. Wait for you on that. We've had some great victories. We've had some great victories as a church and as individual believers. But now God is calling. This is what I want you to hear. And if you don't get, I want you to get this. Now God is calling us to make peace with and overcome those quiet moments. Those silent moments. Those dark struggles. Because God has come to speak to hearts today. God has come. Hallelujah. God has come to make the bitter water sweet today. Because I promise you, after the victory, after the victory, there's going to come bitter waters. And God is wanting us to deal with those issues because the dimension he's opening us up to is so much greater, so much more powerful than what we think. And we will not be able to operate or we won't make it to the place that God wants us to be, Elam, if we are just stuck in the place of bitter waters. And without fanfare, without hype today, would you stand to your feet? And as you do, would you just close your eyes? And if you know that God's dealing with your heart today, and you know that God is talking to you, hallelujah, and there are issues that you know and you want to be 
uh, you want God to deal with and you want them to be over. And there, there are things that you want. It, this, today is going to be the end. I'm not going to deal with it. There's going to be more battles, but this one's going to be over. And you know that God's dealing with things of you internally in your heart. And only you can, only you can decide it. Pastor can't. The church can't. God can't even help you with that. You've got to decide the matters of your heart. If God's dealing with you internally with these things because he wants to He wants to make sure that if you can get this right, he's got something greater. He's got palm trees. He's got wells. He's got things that's already been reserved for you. It's been waiting for you, but you had to go through the victory to get to the bitter water so he can lead you to the wells that he has for you in this last day. So I'm asking in this last moment of this service, if you're here today and you want and you've made up your mind, hallelujah, I'm taking up my tent, I'm getting my stakes out of the ground, and I'm moving, hallelujah, to where God wants me to be. I'm moving to where God has me. I'm moving to where God has reserved for me wells. In this last day. God's dealing with your heart. This is what I want you to do. You need to step out in the aisleway. You come to this altar and we'll practice social distancing the best we can. But I'm telling you right now, God wants to do something in this service today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm just going to ask you to come. I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to cheerlead today. I'm just asking you, if you want it to end, if you want God, God's dealing with you. I want you to come right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There's God's going to do a miracle today. God's going to do something miraculous today. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. He's speaking to hearts. Speaking to hearts today. Speaking to hearts. I'm not going to live in the bitter waters any longer. I'm not going to be. Today is the day it ends. I'm moving. Hallelujah. By what you've done right here, you're showing the enemy I'm moving. I'm moving in the name. And when you get there, I want you just to begin to lift your voice. I want you to begin to talk to God. Hallelujah. He's speaking to your heart. Would you speak back to him? I want you to talk to him in the name of Jesus. He's talking to you. He's talking to your heart. Doesn't matter what you need, he's here to give you whatever you need right now. Come on, some right now are putting footprints. Hallelujah. Where there's never been a footprint in your family before. You're putting footprints, hallelujah, in dimensions, hallelujah, in places, that you've never walked before. But God's calling you. God's dealing with you.
Come on. This is the place God's preparing you. This is the place that God's speaking to your heart. This is the place that you're going to mark in your life. Hallelujah. This is going to help me get through the wilderness. This is going to help me. Hallelujah. I will overcome it. I will be an overcomer. God's going to give me the strength. He's purposed it in my life. Listen to me right where you're at. Close your eyes and lift your hands in this place. The Lord just spoke to me and said, somebody needs to hear this right now. You don't think you, you don't need what you think. You don't need that person. You don't need that thing. You don't need that lifestyle. You don't need that mindset. You don't need what you think you need. God said, there's people here that need to hear this. What you need is right here today. What you need is what God's providing for you right now. You need this opportunity. You need this moment. Because it's going to prepare you for the wilderness. It's going to prepare you for the journey. It's going to prepare you, hallelujah, for what God has in your life. This moment is a destiny deciding moment in your life. You need what God has